Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Stacy Carver. Stacy is the president and director of Berkshire Animal Dreams, a TNR organization located in Pittsfield, Mass., Stacy has held this position for three years and also performs many other volunteer duties, such as trapper, cat care provider, foster home, and vet transporter. She also does some volunteer work with the Berkshire Humane Society, the partner shelter of Animal Dreams. Prior to Animal Dreams, Stacy was president and adoption coordinator for New England Basset Hound Rescue and is still a foster care provider for them. Stacy, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So I just wanted to find out how you got started with community cats. Going from basset hounds to cats is a pretty interesting path. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I've always been a, a cat lover. I've always had pet cats. And one day I was at a community event and there was a, a booth there for Berkshire Animal Dreams. And I, like many people, <laughs> had no idea what TNR was or that there was such a need. And from that point on, I, I think I bought a raffle ticket. And then my husband and I started becoming uh, donors and we did some fundraising. And after that, I was invited to be a board member. And three years ago, when the founder and director retired, so did the president of the board. And I was nominated for both jobs. <laughs> so here I am. So you, you got to take on the task of being <laughs> president and sort of and executive director, which that's a hat I wore for many, many years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. And, you know, you sit down and you have sort of these self-conversations with you, you know, with yourself saying, you know, well, what would the executive director do? What would the president do? You know, and it's an interesting relationship. It, it actually streamlines things in many ways, but then that also there are fewer checks and balances too in that model. Yes. Yeah. So we met through doing the mentoring program with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. And so you were able to do a targeted spay neuter project in the city of Pittsfield. For folks that aren't familiar with Pittsfield, could you just describe what Pittsfield is like and maybe general population size and that kind of thing? Pittsfield is pretty much the hub of Berkshire County. And for those of you who are not familiar with Berkshire County, Berkshire County is pretty much Western Massachusetts, the far Western part of Massachusetts. It covers all the way from the Vermont border down to the Connecticut border and the New York border. We are about probably Pittsfield itself is about an hour away from Springfield. So an hour west of Springfield. I believe the population is around 40, around 40,000 now. Um, and it is sort of the quote unquote big city of Berkshire County. <laughs> um, and so hence, because they are the biggest city of population wise, at least they have when we got started, the greatest number of cat problems, community, you know, free roaming cats, strays, ferals, what have you. So we, we, of course, like most cities, there are pockets, areas that have more than, than some. And after GE left 
Berkshire County, we've definitely have more pockets of lower income areas and that tends to be where the cats are. So as that grows, I think the cat problem grows as well. And so when you were working in Pittsfield, how did you identify those hot pockets? Was it based on surrenders into Berkshire Humane Society, surrenders into your own organization or phone calls? I know that with some targeted projects, you can't really cover the whole community, but there are just certain segments that you really focus on. How did you determine those areas? We determined it mostly by the phone calls we received. We had uh, a bit of a reorganization time right before we got that mentoring grant. And we're basically at the point where we weren't doing much because the the money just wasn't there. We were learning more about grants and things like that. So what we were doing is we were talking to people when they would call us and just trying to keep track of everybody and telling them that we would try to get to them as soon as we could. And we just basically kept a log of the phone calls that we got and where they were, where the cats were located. And then once we received the, the mentoring grant, we just followed up on all those calls. And as we started that grant, the word spreads pretty quickly <laughs> throughout the neighborhood. So then more calls come in. And, um, and that was our, like you said, that was our first collaboration with Berkshire Humane Society. And we did talk with them and told them where we thought the hotspots were. And they definitely agreed that they felt that their surrenders that they got were tended to be from the same neighborhoods. In creating a collaborative effort with Berkshire Humane, which my understanding is Berkshire sort of been the longstanding sort of animal shelter in the region for 20 or 30 years, how did you sort of open those doors with Berkshire and create a conversation? I mean, if there's groups out there that want to create collaborative efforts, how do you bring it up? I have to say, first of all, that it was by far the best thing that Animal Dreams has done <laughs> in its in its 15 years of existence because the collaboration has just been wonderful. At the time, my husband was on the Animal Control Commission in Pittsfield. And so he knew John Peralt, the director of Berkshire Humane Society, and he made an introduction for me. And John was just absolutely wonderful and was very excited that I was interested in working together somehow. And it just, I I was so excited that he was so excited. It just, you know, it just kind of went crazy. Like, yay, we were, (laughs) it was just wonderful because we were just TNR, had no shelter and they were a wonderful shelter, but they had really no TNR side of their business. So it just was a perfect sort of partnership. When you met, you would define who was responsible for what and who would do what. And I know through the mentoring process, you both attended quite a few of our conference calls, which I thought was really excellent to have both organizations, even though one was like the lead organization for the actual money, but both organizations participated in the actual mentoring to understand what the operations were all about too. But I would think that you would need to clearly communicate, you know, well, I'm going to cover this side, you'll cover that side, and um, just be really strong in in communications. Right. And that's just been one of the excellent things about this partnership is kind of each having our sort of set roles and nobody's really stepping on anybody else's toes. We're allowing each other to do the areas that we're both better at so to speak. And it's just been 
harmonious. I can't even describe how well it's it's going. <laughs> That's great. And then the mentoring program happened several years ago. So I assume this partnership has continued to now? Yes. So once we sort of partnered up, we did the mentoring grant, which I believe, if I remember correctly, lasted six months. And we then actually moved into Berkshire Humane Society. So we really have fallen in love. <laughs> we were, like I said, we were sort of struggling financially. We are a very small organization and uh, we were trying to figure out ways to cut overhead. And at the time we were paying fairly expensive rent on a location and we just really couldn't afford it anymore. And John invited us to, you know, he kind of brainstormed with us on how can how can Animal Dreams move to Berkshire Humane? And with the wonderful help of a local company, Berkshire Money Management, they bought us a, basically it's a shed, a 12 by 20 shed. We call it the Caddy Shack, <laughs> tease. And um, we had it insulated and turned into a, basically a three season area where we keep the TNR cats while they're in their rotation to go to the vet and then be released. And that's where we keep all our supplies. And the purpose of that was to keep the free roaming cats out of the shelter, you know, so they're not inviting disease and everything like that. Not disease, but more you know, upper respiratory type things. Cause that was a concern of, you know, mixing cats, but having our own little building is working out wonderfully. And then our administrative offices, they made room for us inside and our desk is right in their main administrative office. That's wonderful. So really, it really has been a, a match made in heaven. Yes, it, <laughs> it's been so wonderful. And then, and by me being there more, I've become more involved with Berkshire Humane as well. And the partnership is just growing and it's really exciting. Um, you know, every once in a while we have a little, uh, I don't want to say breakthroughs, but, you know, we're learning from each other and having new outlets, so to speak. Sort of part of the partnership is when we find abandoned pets, you know, friendly adoptable cats or kittens, we then bring them to, you know, into the shelter and Berkshire Humane finds homes for them. But occasionally a cat you think is adoptable doesn't always turn out to be that way once it gets to a shelter. Mm -hmm. So they work with us and we primarily work with community caretakers. So we almost always, there's a place for the cat to go back to if it doesn't seem like it's going to turn out to be an adoptable cat. Where in the past, they never had that option. So if a cat showed up and it just didn't do well, some cats, they get so stressed, they can become mean, they can be a sprayer, you know, a lot of things that just don't make them very appealing. Now, for these cats that we bring in, there is an outlet. If, if the cat's not working out shelter-wise, we can return it to the community caretaker to back to its home that it's been living at for, you know, however long it's been, where at least it has a chance to have a life as opposed to being put down just because they have no other option for it. And now, let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Accidental Exiles by Bruce Perry. Jesse McAllister, a young Texan and a rock war vet, escapes to Europe where he seeks a new direction and to heal his desert wounds. Wandering the streets of Ascona, Switzerland, he meets and falls in love with a beautiful Italian waitress named Sonia Altarelli. Since the horrors of combat he encountered with a boyhood friend, Jesse will have nothing more to do with war. 
This story is his farewell to arms. Check out Accidental Exiles on Amazon.com today. Are you starting to think about that special holiday gift? Why not give the gift of a Community Cats podcast branded t-shirt, coffee mug, bag, or other item? This is the perfect way to spread the word about helping Community Cats. The proceeds from the sales will go to support the Community Cats podcast and the Community Cats Grants program, which helps small groups grow their fundraising programs to be able to fund more spay-neuter programs for free-roaming cats. Go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on our shop button in the menu bar today to get that perfect community cat gift right now. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. I would assume then Berkshire Humane, or have you seen a decline in the the number of cats that are coming into the shelter or decline in the number? I mean, how are, how are things being impacted in the community for numbers of cats? Twofold. Animal Dreams is definitely getting less phone calls from the areas that we had targeted through the mentor grant. And then um, a year later, we had we were successful in obtaining another targeted TNR grant. And we continued with basically the same area because after we got in there, we realized it was a bigger problem that just couldn't be taken care of in the six-month period. So after basically a year and a half of targeting the city of Pittsfield, the calls, we, we hardly get calls from Pittsfield anymore. Wow. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And we've talked with the feline department at Berkshire Humane and they feel the same way that surrenders in specific areas of Pittsfield are that used to be really, you know, almost like, oh, of course, that's where the cat came from, are now uh, definitely down as well. It's it just, it's a testament to you know, the work that you've done and the targeted work that you've done. In the theme of collaboration, not only have you been collaborating with Berkshire Humane, but on a previous episode with Mike Cahill from the Department of Agriculture, you mentioned a project out in North Adams, and I believe you were one of the partners in that? Yes. Yeah, that was a very exciting experience. And we, there was a, I'm sure as Mike said, a, a rabid cat was found in an area of North Adams. And basically there was actually a big outbreak of mostly wildlife, but having a cat with rabies was very troubling because people are more likely to approach a cat than, mm-hmm. you know, a rabid fox or raccoon. So the state needed a big cleanup done. And there are pockets of North Adams that are probably I'd say the city of North Adams is probably worse than Pittsfield as far as their free roaming cats. So the state contacted Berkshire Humane and in turn us, and we collaborated and came up with a plan. And over the course of a, I guess it lasted about a month, we started with a free rabies and microchip clinic for the area, the neighborhood where the rabbit cat was found. Because one thing we definitely have found is people don't trust you with their animals and they're very nervous about new people coming in and saying, Oh, we want to fix your cat. And, you know, they, and and it's understanding that, that understandable, they, they're just nervous. So we, we found that doing the rabies clinic, people were very thankful and people literally were walking down. People who didn't have transportation, they walked with their cats or their dogs. And it was a really exciting day. And that was through Berkshire Humane and two local vets 
offered their time in the rabies vaccinations and Berkshire Humane did the microchipping and Animal Dreams was there. Basically, we were trying to gather information about the free roaming cats that needed to be fixed. And we gained a lot of information that day. People were much more open to us after that. And we basically gathered a list and started just basically started working with people and they did a mass spay day over the three-day weekend. We started on a Friday. We trapped Friday through Sunday and Monday the spay neuter mobile showed up and we fixed, I believe it was 53 cats and about, I believe 38 of them were feral trapped cats Mm -hmm. and the rest were combination of free roaming friendly owned and a few trapped friendlies (laughs) that we're not really sure where they, you know, that, that, that sort of lost, uh, don't know if they're homeless or if people, the, the area is very, people let their cats out. In, which you know is not against the law. So, um, but everybody knew we w- had gone around with volunteers weeks prior, ha- putting out door hangers, letting everybody know that we would be trapping. And but it was very successful. We we had no negative feedback, so I don't think we got anybody's cat that they didn't want us to get. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was great. And then we did do a follow up. That was in July, and then we did a follow up in September with a few remaining places that we weren't able to get to or the cats just, you know, didn't cooperate like often happens. (laughs) And then with other owned free roaming cats that people, you know, just didn't work out for that weekend. And that weekend again was, that was 58 cats. This time only about, I want to say 15, 12 to 15 were trapped ferals. The rest were owned free roaming cats, but it was just just so exciting to see over the course of two weekends fixing over a hundred cats yeah. was just great. Yeah. It was just really cool. Because you really can, it's a big mass trap, right? You feel like you're really going to be making an impact just in that short period of time, very short and intense. It's a very blitzy type feel yeah. to it. Yes, it is. It's a, it can feel a little overwhelming at times, yeah. but uh, you know, at, at the end, it's a very, very gratifying very gratifying feeling. So looking ahead in Berkshire County, what do you think life's going to be like for community cats? I think it's getting better for them. The more we get out there, our next project is going to be to try to get up into North Adams the way we did in Pittsfield and really target specific areas in that city and hopefully have as good of an impact on them as we did in Pittsfield. And in the meantime, still helping the smaller little pockets that, you know, the calls that we get occasionally um, here and there that aren't quite a full neighborhood type problem, but occasionally do get the, the smaller pockets that we do try to help when we can. Right, right. The, small, the onesie twosies. Well, you want to yeah. get them before they blow up and become... Exactly. <laughs> 10 to 20 cats. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. If folks are interested in finding out more about, say, your partnership with Berkshire or anything about trapping or targeting, how could people find you or find Animal Dreams? We have a website that is berkshireanimaldreams.org. And we are also on Facebook, which I, I actually think Facebook is more popular than websites these days. And on Facebook, we're Berkshire Animal Dreams, but Dreams does have periods because at one point uh, they it was an acronym. Um, so it's Berkshire Animal Dreams D dot R dot E dot A dot M dot S dot. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to fix that, but 
Facebook makes that a little hard. So <laughs> I think if you just do Berkshire Animal Dreams, we if you search for it, it will come up though. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I would strongly encourage other TNR organizations, especially because I think a lot of us start out as small little organizations that collaboration with your local shelters or animal control officers or others in, in the field is huge. And it, I can't tell you how much it has helped us. Um, and even just being associated with Berkshire Humane now has built better relationships with animal control officers and the MSPCA and what have you. So I think collaboration is just a wonderful, wonderful thing for all of us trying to do animal rescue work. I agree. And I think that Caddyshack idea is just fantastic. I, I'm going to I'm gonna keep that one, put it in my little note card collection of good ideas, because I think that's just a fantastic idea um, in talking with various organizations, because, you know, the internal square footage is usually pretty tight in these organizations, but yet they do ha- tend to have parking lots. And, you know, if you can just find a little segment off the parking lot for an insulated building, then you can you can do an, an awful lot. So that's a that's a fantastic idea. And I know Lowell TNR. It's a private person's pool shed that they use. Oh, okay. And they call it Hotel Heffernan. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, sort of on that same model. And um, and they've got that all set up for their monthly trapping that they do in Lowell. And, and it seems to work out really well. But Stacy, I want to just thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. And I hope you'll be on the show in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'd love to come back. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 